Welcome back to Inside the Kentucky Derby as we're moving along here on the road to the Kentucky Derby after this weekend's LeCompte Stakes. And the one thing that is certain after the LeCompte is Track Phantom keeps rolling along too as he now won two of Fairgrounds Road to the Derby series down there. He'll head over to the Risen Star to try and get his way to the first Saturday in May after going wire to wire in Saturday's LeCompte. Well, we're here to talk that and all that and more here on Inside the Kentucky Derby on this Monday. Kevin Kirstein, Darren Rogers, and Darren, track phantom keeps improving in every single start. He really does, KK. Um, you know, we thought that in the preview uh, podcast, talking about it being a two-horse race, and it was just that. Um, I- I'll tell you what, it was a little different. You know, we did see more speed from Nash, who, by the way, um, track phantom was favored all the way until the horses were, you know, kind of loading into the gate. A lot of the late money uh, came in on Nash, knocked him down to the even money favorite track phantom um, went off at seven to five. And, you know, we, we got more speed from Nash. Like we thought we would from the previous start. Um, You know, Nash went right to the front from, the, from, uh, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, track phantom, um, went right to the front from the outside and, but you know, Nash was breaking from post one track phantom and post six. And that kind of forced Nash to kind of throttle back a little bit, uh, you know, to get together on the outside of, 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 of track phantom. And, uh, that was leaving the first turn and they went in 24 seconds. Um, track phantom was a length in front almost throughout the race, unpressured, rattled off 12s, you know, with a half and 24, uh, I'm sorry, the first quarter in 24 with a length advantage over Nash, um, with the half and 48, you know, Nash cut the margin to about a half length midway around the turn, uh, with just under three furlongs to go. But, you know, track Phantom's ears were prick KK. Um, he was ready to roll. Rosario hadn't moved to muscle at that point. They went six furlongs and one thirteen, and and that's where at the top of the stretch, Rosario, you know, kind of tossed the reins um, at Track Phantom, and he he just spurred it clear. You know, Nash chased on, um, as did twenty seven to one long shot Lat Long, who kind of tracked all the way from third and fourth, and then you had Ethan Energy, you know, who also tracked from third and fourth. Um, you know, but he was outrun late. Perhaps it was that 28 day kind of quick turnaround for that barn standpoint off, off a big figure, maybe the lack of a spirit. Maybe he's just not fast enough, but he was well back and forth at odds of seven to two. So it was kind of how we thought it would be. Um, we weren't certain which one of the two was best, but track phantom unpressured all the way, uh, continued to improve and run fast. That was a very nice time. One forty four and seventy three. Now it was it was slower um, than we'll talk about Hall of Fame, who debuted or not in a second start earlier in the card. You know, went one forty four and twenty seven. So that was you know forty six one hundredths faster than uh, than 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 Track Phantom. And then you can measure it on the race before. Um, Saudi crown, who is a very, very good older horse is going to go to the Saudi cup. He prepped for that race 
Um, and he wired the field in, in one forty three and 20. So a full second faster than, than track phantom, but that's, that should have been the case, right? Yeah, He's that good of a horse. About five lengths. And that's, you know, about, about probably what he was better, uh, Saudi crown than track phantom was on Saturday. And, um, you know, you, you really recapped it and said it right there, uh, with everything in the race. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing that I think is going to rain home on me leading up to the risen star is just how track phantom has improved every 30 days in these races and his speed figures have, have spoken. So just him physically on the track. And so even though, you know, I was a bit surprised out of the gate, how hustled he was out of the gate. Cause I was thinking, okay, Nash is going to go from that inside post. And he didn't. There's that cough. There it is. Uh, so I thought Nash was going to go and I thought track fan would sit on his hip. And that's what we talked about. And yep. it was the opposite. Um, which, yeah, he forced him. He forced his, he's forced his hand a little bit. Right. Yeah. So he went to him from the outside, put that pressure on him and forced him. You know, when I say him Nash, kind of just th- take back just a tick, you know, not, not, not urge him, wait for track phantom to clear. And that was yeah. not what I envisioned. I envisioned the complete opposite. Right. And, and it's not to say that I don't think track phantom can maybe sit off of a horse. He's very fast out of the gate. You know, he, he did go 24 seconds, but if there's a horse who's, you know, gung ho on making the early lead and going 23, I can't see a reason at this stage that track phantom has showed that he can't sit off because it wasn't running off down the back stretch. He totally was clip, agree. He was clipping 12 second, uh, eighth miles. And so, you know, he's going along at a very steady pace. So I, I foresee, it was relaxed, wasn't yeah, it? it? I mean, sure on the was. lead and in smooth, in stride. I'm with you. I see no reason he can't relax off the pace. I'm just such a fan of. There's a derby out there with Steve Aspison's name on. Oh yeah, right. He, he became a half a length from Epicenter winning the Kentucky Derby, and uh, and you know he's been so close. And uh, it could be this horse. It could be Hall of Fame in the the beginning part of the card um, on Saturday at Fairgrounds. But he just does a phenomenal job of not only keeping his dirt horses in form as a three-year-old, two-year-old, to three-year-old year, but even as they move to older horses. Didn't we see that at one point with Epicenter where he was, he was forward all along, um, you know, now with accruing a total of 30 points, which puts him number two behind fierceness with 30 points overall. Um, you know, they're both tied at the top of the, the earnings separates the two, but he's comfortable with 30 points. So now, now you can do whatever you want with them. You just got to kind of hit the top four, um, hit, you know, in these next two starts, you'd imagine. But we saw it with Epicenter, who was always forward uh, throughout the early stages of his three-year-old season. I believe he won the Risen Star. And then coming back in the Louisiana Derby, and had the luxury of, let's make this an education race. Yeah, I believe he broke down on the inside. Let's take back track from third. It's not something I envisioned because on paper, Epicenter looked so clear that day in the Louisiana Derby, but he used it as a uh, an educational tool. So don't be surprised if you see that with Track Phantom uh, in his next two starts. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you might see it in the Risen Star. You might see it in the Louisiana Derby. You might see it in both. Um, I never like to put myself in uh, a Hall of Fame trainer's head to say what he would do, but you know, Steve has said, uh, you know, on record the other day at, at Fairgrounds, just, you know, saying how much he appreciates the progression and distances that uh, the uh, Fairgrounds Road to the Derby Series does. Because now you're going to the mile and an eighth in the Risen Star in a month. 
Then after that, a mile and three sixteenth to the mile and a quarter Kentucky Derby. Asmussen was quoted in saying, he said, it's easy to compare where he is at with what we did with Epicenter two years ago. Epicenter won the gun runner and was second in the LeCompte. But physically, he was developing at the right time. I've always felt in the three-year-old series at Fairgrounds, your last race isn't as good enough for the next one. And that's how it should be. I appreciate the timing between races and the progression of distances. It's ideal. We came up a half length short of our goal with winning the Derby with Epicenter. And now Track Phantom is on the same road. I think the LeCompte was an easy on him as you could have wanted it to be with him still getting something out of it. And so um, that's from from Hall of Famer Steve Asmussen uh, on his newest one of the favorites on the road to the Kentucky Derby. I don't want to say the favorite because we still have fierceness looming um, who's going to run in the Holy Bull. But as the progression goes at this stage, I am very excited to see what track Phantom can do in the next 14 weeks leading up to the first Saturday in May. Also reigns in that race, Darren. I mean, Nash, Brad Cox has said he's going to probably point for an allowance event, maybe on risen star day. Um, he, he's done that before and, and maybe get him back on the road to the Kentucky Derby. But he just simply didn't have an excuse and I think needs to get better. And then all the ones that finished third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, I think are just the same thing that they need to get better to even get on track phantoms level. Yeah. Nash might need a confidence builder. So I could understand that route. Um, you know, the comp, uh, since 1980 has produced 38 runners in the Kentucky Derby, two of one four have run second in the Derby and one was third. The two winners, of course, uh, uh, War Emblem way back in, in 2002, but Mandaloon in 2021. Now, we all know Mandaloon was kissed into the victory with the disqualification of uh, Medina Spirit, but Mandaloon was one of those horses that uh, kind of needed that confidence builder after having a puzzling effort down at fairgrounds. He just trained fabulously coming into that uh, Kentucky Derby uh, when he uh, ran second at 26 to one that day and was later uh, promoted to victory. So I can see that with Nash. I'm not giving up on him just yet, but I'm sure not uh, as keen as I, I, I once was. And lat long, you know, I thought that was a, a, a very nice uh, run at 27 to one. You know, we thought, you know, really, we thought it was a, a, a two horse race for third between, you know, Ethan energy and lat long gave the edge, you know, to lat long because we thought he'd be a price. It's funny. Those Kenny McPeak horses just do not seem to get respect. Um, we'll talk about the Kentucky Derby future wager in a bit, but, uh, lat long is the longest despite running third. And it was a, you know, a well-beaten third in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, four and a half lengths, but this horse is, you know, improving the horses, uh, the races will get, uh, a little longer. Maybe this horse can stumble into something, you know, he, he too needs a little bit of a, a drop down. You know, he's more of the B teamers at, at this stage, but he is progressing nicely and he closed it 222 to one in the Kentucky Derby future paid uh, wager. The longest of the um, 38 individual betting interests, which just surprising to me coming off of a decent third compared to that. Right. And you know, he, he got points and Kenny McPeak is not going to give up on this horse. And he said that on record. Kenny said that, you know, we're going to try and and get him there. Uh, Don't know how we're going to get him there, but we're going to try. And you know, you're right. Maybe with the B teamers where he goes with this horse is is still to be determined. But again, this was his first start against, um, you know, horses that have won races. He, He broke his maiden last time out. And so, um, you know, I, I think that was the, the toughest group that he's faced and, uh, he will continue to face tougher as the races go on. Ethan energy, uh, maybe you're right. A little bit too, 
too quick. Uh, Tizzy Indy just needs to get better. And then can group, I'd assume that we're going to see him back on the turf for the, the Cassie camp after that one. Yeah. Worth a try. You know, it's a gamble. Um, I imagine can group will return to the grass. Tizzy Indy did come running just narrowly lost that photo for fourth. Uh, but again, far back, uh, Look, you're probably going to see this horse again just because Calumet Farm likes to participate on the road to the Kentucky Derby, but he needs to get much, much faster. Let's talk Hall of Fame. Boy, we got a couple of horses that we kind of tipped off in the preview uh, podcast that uh, were running uh, in undercard races. And Hall of Fame, um, you know, was what? uh, A $1.4 million purchase for Coolmore. I can't recall any other horse that Asmussen is trained for the Coolmore camp. Of course, this is a, a son of gun runner, so it makes sense that they sent him to Steve. But this was his second start, um, second start of his career after running second behind uh, a wind rider in his debut going seven furlongs on closing weekend at Churchill Downs, actually on closing day. And anyway, Hall of Fame. I mean, he, he broke from post three. He was away just okay. Yeah, right, he, he's he not he's long. not like real fast from the gate, but he's no. forward enough. So that's a good sign. Anytime you can put your f- horse into a forward position, and he sat third going into the first turn as a funny flame uh, was leading the way, followed by you know ride for soul. Uh, they went in twenty three and one. Hall of Fame was within a half length of Funny Flame from the inside at the half. They went in forty six and three. Hall of Fame poked his head in front uh, from down on the inside rail after three quarters. In one eleven and two, I like the way that he raced down on the inside. That gave a horse a, a, a little experience being tucked down there on the rail with pressure on the not pressure. He was relaxed a half length off the lead of the leader, but on the way he was in competition early from down on the inside. When they got to the top of the stretch, Rosario just kind of shook the reins and Hall of Fame strided out, and he had one right-handed tap uh, on his on his uh, shoulder. Uh, or actually on his hip at about the eighth pole. And then he just cruised home by 10 and a quarter lengths. Um, again, that was just his second start, 144 and one, which was uh, 46 100s faster. Now that went as race five. Of course, the, uh, the Lecomte went as race 13. So the track can change over the course of the day, you know, between, you know, uh, uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, the Lacop went off around seven ish. So it's a four hour period. It's tough to say, but uh, that was definitely, um, he's going to be interesting competition because they're both going to be geared and pointed towards the risen star. It sounds. Yeah. It's interesting to see what this risen star is going to end up shaping up to be. Cause we we've talked about it now and, and a lot of horses are, you know, making their, you know, it's not in stone, but they're, they're saying they're going to the risen star Sierra Leone, who we've talked about, um, is, targeting the risen stars. His first start as a three-year-old is owned by the Coolmore group as is hall of fame. And so now Steve Aspison said that hall of fame could be targeting the risen star as well. So we may see some separation there. Um, typically, you know, the Coolmore group doesn't like to run their horses against one another at, um, on this stage if they don't have to. So we might see some separation there, but yeah, hall of fame. Uh, the only thing that I'm going to knock about this race is just the level of competition. I don't know. I agree. Um, you know, so even though he did draw away by 10 lengths, you know, the level of competition could be subpar and that's why that winning margin was as inflated as it was, but, but that time was fast. It was, it was a fast time and he did it professionally. Yeah. uh, Yep. That's the, 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 the separator, you know, for me, whenever you have those, those question marks on the, uh, on the competition, 
you better show it in the in the in the final time. Right. You better show it in that speed figure. And I thought uh, he did that. Uh, it was good to see uh, Keith Asmussen in the winner's circle for that race too. Who <laughs> Oaklawn wasn't running. Steve's sons, Keith and Eric, are both now jockeys. Keith has uh, worked this horse several times at Churchill Downs out of the gate, and he's even been paired up with his brother Eric in some of those works. And so it was good to see the Asmussen family uh, celebrating Hall of Fame because Keith is a big part of the progression of this horse, especially over the summertime and into the fall here at Churchill Downs. Just 28 minutes later, out on the West Coast uh, in the opener at Santa Anita, uh, we kind of tipped off uh, a horse to keep an eye on, May Moon. Now, May Moon, do you know what May Moon means in Arabic? I, I don't. It means showing signs of future success. <laughs> and it couldn't have been uh, more true. By the way, in Turkish, it means monkey. Oh, so interesting. Huh. Either way, but he didn't run like a monkey. Yeah, he sure ran like the Arabic uh, Arabic's uh, definition of showing signs of future success. Of course, owned by Zidane Racing Stables, who had Medina Spirit. Uh, Bob Baffert trains. Uh, they gave nine hundred thousand for this horse. A little late in the game in his debut, going six and a half furlongs and uh, broke from post two at four to five. He was a way fine forward, um, as was you know Tasudo to his inside. Um, May Moon, you know, went a length clear in 21 and three. He opened up two lengths on the turn after a half in 43 and four. Uh, you had McVeigh, all that glory, the pseudo they were chasing. The others were far back, and Juan Hernandez dropped his hands at the top of the stretch, very much like the other two races. When they dropped their hands, they shook the reins, and then uh, May Moon just kicked clear. He had two taps on his right shoulder. Um, just to keep him interested, his ears were pricked. He was geared down. He won by seven and a half in one fifteen and two. Uh, that was important. He maintained that margin on the gallop out. The only question I have, very impressed. I mean, got a strong speed figure. The only question I have is the distance. He's obviously late in the game. Uh, he's a son of frosted out of an Indian Charlie mare. I'm, I'm not certain as I am with the other Baffert horses too. Like, Muth has obviously proven it a mile to 16th. Um, I'm not convinced he wants to go further. Um, Nisos to me looks like a sprinter, but May Moon, I think, you know, he's developed into that mention of those two, those big three um, for the Baffert horses. They, of course, in order to be eligible to qualify points on the road to the Kentucky Derby, they must be transferred to another trainer by January the 29th. That's the day of the triple crown nomination closing. And you know, if any years past is an indication for the last two years, a majority of the horses have been transferred to Tim Yachtin. Um, some horses have been scattered elsewhere, but the serious, serious horses has stayed out on the West coast uh, at Santa Anita with Tim Yachtin. So let's just monitor May moon um, along with hall of fame. Those are two, new horses that have entered this road to the Kentucky Derby conversation. It's just so interesting to me, just looking at, you know, this horse being purchased for $900,000 is by frosted who doesn't stand for a whole lot. I think he stands for 10,000. The mayor is like a 15 year old mayor. Hasn't really produced much and still brings $900,000 for this horse. And so, uh, yeah, beyond just the distance limitations, there's not a whole lot of black type, maybe in that pedigree on both sides, the top and the bottom that maybe, this horse will uh, break the mold there, but we'll have to wait and see. 
Now, next week on the road to the Kentucky Derby, the uh, Southwest at Oakland Park, a grade three event for 800,000 going a mile on the 16th. It's now been moved to February the 3rd because of uh, the winter weather. Why was it moved so soon? Uh, You know, not knowing this weekend's weather forecast. Well, it's a pretty simple. the, The track's been frozen down there in Hot Springs, Arkansas for the last week plus, and horsemen have been unable to train their horses. So to move the race to February the 3rd, which will join the lineup of the Holy Bull, the Bob Lewis, the Withers, that'll be one heck of a day. Uh, We have no races next week on the road to the Kentucky Derby, but we do have a couple of maiden special weights on Saturday as we record this on Monday afternoon, um, you know, just around one o'clock that, you know, we've already drawn at Gulfstream Park and at fairgrounds, and both of them are the second race at both events. The second race at Gulfstream on Saturday, which is, you know, the big Pegasus Invitational Day, there is a uh, a three-quarter, I'm sorry, a seven furlong maiden special weight for three-year-olds. They're late in the game. Uh, the horse that drew the two-hole batten down, that's a fold of Tacitus who won the uh, 2019 Tampa Bay Derby in the Wood Memorial. Bill Mott trains the horse for Judd Mott Farms. Well, Tacitus, you know, he's a three-time grade two winner. (laughs) And he he was common in the grade ones on not just one continent, multiple continents. (laughs) If you can't tell, I needed Tacitus in the 2019 Travers Stakes, along with the Jim Dandy. The Jim Dandy, he broke uh, poorly, got outrun, thought he'd romp in the the Travers. But, yes, thank you for bringing home the uh, memories of of, of that that second – Multiple if second you, place if you finishes. You mentioned Tacitus. I can't help but bring up your. I, I just I say he's common on multiple <laughs> continents. But anyway, batting down, we'll see. Yes. Uh, he, he, he can be better than common uh, in in this heat. Uh, there's another interesting horse in here, Rapid Gray. Uh, he's got experience. Uh, he's the three to one, or no, he's not the uh, second choice. Sorry about that. But it's it's a horse with experience for Mark Cassie uh, uh, and Gary Barber. Uh, this is a half to 2010 Pocahontas winner. Dancing in her dreams. You remember that sprinter oh, yeah. for, uh, I think it was John Ward. Was it John Ward? Oh, I think it was one of John Ward's last. And it was an Oxley, right? Bit, yes. Yeah. I think it was one of the last big horses, uh, they had, but there's look, there's a number of horses in here. Pletcher's got one, a constitution breaking from the rail. Speakeasy uh, for a rad or tease. Uh, he's got another one breaking from the three post that they gave $600,000 for, for the lows. The horse's name is my true colors. It's the son of Munnings probably suggests sprint. Shug McGahee, who has uh, uh, come around with a, a couple of horses on the road to the Kentucky Derby. What is it? Uh, uh, change of command. And, uh, uh, the other yeah, the seahorse, uh, the, uh, give me one second, uh, just because uh, I, I feel like of, controlling control, something uh, why, why I should know, because I think he took a lot of money on. on the, uh, on the, on the road to the I, Kentucky I, Derby, I keep um, thinking change future the, wager, I keep thinking change, which control, was not. Conquest warrior, yes. Conquest warrior, who was, uh, eight, uh, 18 to one after breaking his maiden, um, Shug's got another one in here. Uh, that's worth uh, taking a look. Uh, corporate power, a son of Curlin out of a quality road mare. So that's very well bred. And uh, anyway, it's a real interesting heat. And then at fairgrounds, race two, they're going six furlongs. Um, and they've got the morning line odds out here. <laughs> Just a touch, five to two will not be five to two. <laughs> the son of Justify, we've seen the workouts, by the way, on. If you go to KentuckyBread.org um, or Bruno with the works, um, 
this is a horse that shows a ton of promise. It's a son of justify out of a tappet mare, touching beauty. Um, two workouts out of particular out of the gate. Uh, the one on December 30th, four furlongs and 47 and three came back with another gate workout on January the 14th, five eights and 59 and two. The workmates needed hugs uh, following the works. Um, but this horse looks like it could be a special one for, uh, for Brad Cox. They're 14 weeks out of the Kentucky Derby. It's late in the game. Um, Justify was one of a kind while breaking his maiden in 2018. And what, I think it was February the 18th. Uh-huh. This will, this, this will take place on January the 27th. They're late in the game, but you, you think about if you have a horse that impressively breaks its maiden, you come back in five weeks, that would put you at the nine week mark. And then you could come back, you know, four or five weeks in advance of the Kentucky Derby. It's not impossible to make the race. Now you'd only have, you know, three races under your belt, but just a touch is a type of horse. I think to work on one, a horse in there with experience is a, is I know a, a horse very um, close to you. KK ran second last time out to Don, uh, Doncho. Uh, for Michelle Lovell, that horse, that race came back very fast. Mm-hmm. He was beaten five lengths, but Evan on Earth is a fold of bango. Yep, fold of bango hasn't proven that he's as good as his older brother yet. But this is a fun race. Um, you know, if I could book five to two on just a touch right now, I'd, I'd take my whole bank account plus some and uh, try and get that price. But well, Asmussen's got one in here too. He, he does uh, one point seven million for Gun Party, who is a, a Curland out of Karina Mia. Who was very good. Yes, she was. <laughs> um, so three chimney farms and Winchell thoroughbreds have partnered with this. Brian Hernandez is up, but this is going to be a very, very interesting couple of races on Saturday to and, occupy your time without any points races. And you make your, you know, the point of, you know, it's not too late. It, they are behind the eight ball. So this mm-hmm. race going six furlongs and the race at Gulfstream going seven furlongs. So not around two turns. So maybe you see a first level allowance. They come back and win that race. Then they can go in a race like the bluegrass, the wood or the Santa Anita Derby on that. Take the one shot deal, take the one shot and they're in. And if they, you know, don't progress there or they don't go to that first level allowance or behind the eight bowl, there's plenty of other races on the docket for horses like this. But this is definitely one to keep an eye on on Saturday down at fairgrounds. Kentucky Derby future wager pool three closed on Sunday. Boy, they are betting with both hands this year. Yeah. Betting is up 30% from last year, uh, through the same stage. And, um, you know, all other Colts and Geldings, um, actually all of the three-year-olds uh, from the uh, 2021 full crop closed as the uh, two-to-one favorite. So you get, you know, you get all those Baffert horses that we talked about because they're, they haven't been transferred yet. You get a horse uh, like a Hall of Fame added to it. Um, there's some interesting, you know, horses that were not included um, that you're getting at a, a, a payoff. If you, for every two dollars, you'll get back six dollars and eighty eight cents. The individual favorite, of course, was uh, Fierceness, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner, who is likely to be crowned the champion. Not likely, will be crowned uh, the champion two year old um, from last year at Thursday night's Eclipse Awards. Uh, he remains on target for Todd Pletcher to uh, make his debut in the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar Holy Bull. That's a mile and a 16th on February the 3rd and reading Todd's comments between the lines. He's speaking very glowingly. I mean, you'd expect that of a, you know, when you have a champion 
cult, but it, it's very, Todd seems to think this, the, the reading between the lines from my interpretation, this horse has gotten faster and better. Yeah. Uh, it's progressed very nicely from two to three. So I'm encouraged and looking forward to seeing him return. Sierra Leone was the third choice at 13 to one, followed by Dordoch, the Fulda Mage, 15 to one. <laughs> Get that sounder. Here we go. And then we had a trio of horses at 18 to one, which were uh, locked. The Breeders' Cup Juvenile third. You had Conquest Warrior, the horse that I need to remember his name for Shug McGahey because he was a very impressive recent Gulfstream Park Maiden winner. And then you had the Gun Runner and LeCompte winner, Track Phantom, settling in at 18 to 1. Were there any horses out there, KK, that. Uh, I got down on four of them. Okay. Which ones I did got, you get down on? Because I, I had I had three that I thought were of decent value. I got Liberal Arts at 72. Okay. Um, and then I, the other ones are, are big time prices. Stretch rod. I got at 95. Okay. Uh, real men, violin, one twenty three, and stronghold at two Oh four. Okay. Neither of the three that I thought, uh, but, um, I, I, I thought Ari's magic at 74 to one was an interesting gamble. I thought deterministic at 107 to one was interesting. And then I was, um, what was my other one? I had one other one that ended up in the 50 range as I flipped through it one second. Oh, I thought Sneed at 69 to one, uh, was, was a good price in there. The other horse that I thought it surprised me, didn't take as much money as I thought was born noble at 41 to one. Yeah. I thought that horse was going to take a little bit more money. Just, you know, has the, you know, the page of an impressive Pletcher maiden winner, but you know, didn't as much. Um, it's, it, this, I've got a sweet 17 at this a, point. A sweet, I don't have a, I don't have a, I, I wish I, I wanted it to be a sweet 16, but I couldn't <laughs> leave one horse out, but I've got, these are the 17 horses in no particular order. Well, there is the, there is a particular order. It's alphabetical. Okay, good. That I think are the most intriguing and or fastest at this stage. Okay. And that would be Ari's magic. Born Noble, Conquest Warrior, Deterministic, Fierceness, the Japanese Horse Forever Young, I'm adding Hall of Fame, Honor Marie, I'm adding Just a Touch, who runs <laughs> and debuts I like that. next Saturday, Knightsbridge, I'm interested by him, Locked, Amon, keeping Nash in there. Okay. Sierra Leone, Sneed, Timberlake, and Track Phantom. Wow. Those would be my sweet 17. Is the Derby And I don't want to make, it? I don't, I, yeah, is the Derby winner on there? I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I'm trying to think. The others are going to have to get a lot faster to join faster. one of those, that, that, that cast, in my opinion. And I've got some horses in there that I think can take a step forward you know, into that cast. I mean, look, when I got, when I have Aries magic in there, yeah, I like, mean, these are the ones, that, okay, hold on 17. So let's look at the number that, uh, that we have to step forward and get faster. Aries mm -hmm. magic. Yep. Deterministic. Forever young is kind of the wild card, right? Well, you like we don't know, but I mean, he's three for three visually. He looks very impressive to me. Um, <laughs> just a touch. Who's a first time right. starter. Knightsbridge has to move forward. I would say 
Mm, that's about it. I mean, the others are kind of are what they are. There's, I could throw, if maybe we do like survivor, I could throw <laughs> off one off the Island each week from here on out. It's, it's just, I, I could easily, I could tell you who like some of the first ones I throw out. Right. At this stage to me, it's just, it's so difficult because so many of these horses and there's some on your list that haven't made starts as three-year-olds. So we don't know if they were the fastest kids on the playground running those fast figures at two against that type of competition coming back as three-year-olds. They could take a complete regression uh, where they were at two. So that's, there's just some question marks there, like a a Knight's Bridge or Parchment Party, Sierra Leone. um, You know, they showed promise at two. They haven't made a debut yet. And so that's why it's, it's fun at this stage to sort of, pick out a fab 17 if it, and then look for value within the, you know, the future wager. I mean, we don't look, I don't like doing, I'm not a big fan of doing top 10 lists on the Derby right no. now because you're committed to it, right? Once you pick one horse, it's almost like you're, you're, you're glued to it. No matter what it's run is a great example is Nash. I mean, if you asked me last fall who my Derby horse would be, I probably would have taken Nash. Mm-hmm. Right. And he might be one of the first ones I throw off the island because I think I know what he is now. Uh-huh. We've seen the races. Um, you know, maybe he gets better. Maybe he continues on. I don't know. But uh, anyway, it's it's interesting. Love this road. We're now, this weekend will be 14 weeks out. Coming up on Thursday will be 100 days from Kentucky Derby 150. Uh, it's an exciting time of year. Yeah. I mean, just think of your 17 you gave there and it, it, at this stage, I think it's solid to have 17 horses and I'd probably throw a couple more on, on that list. And so maybe, you know, between 20 and 25 horses that are showing real promise on leading up to the first Saturday, May at this stage, because sometimes you just see the breeders' cup juvenile winner. And then that's the headliner compared to everyone else. Yep. And right now leading up to Derby One Fifty. There's a really good cast of three-year-olds that are out there. At this time last year, did we think the Breeders' Cup Juvenile wouldn't be a key race? Yeah. And it turns out it was not really a productive race at all. No. Um, I think it is this year. I do. But um, anyway, that's... You hear it as I see it. I love it. Uh, anyway, as we mentioned, uh, no Southwest this weekend, so the podcast will take a, a little bit of a layoff. We'll be back to preview a, a jam-packed weekend next Thursday. So be sure. A week to, from Thursday. Week from Thursday. Like mm-hmm. and subscribe, and so that way, once you hit the subscribe button, that'll pop right up to whatever podcast app that you listen to. I'm a Spotify guy. It'll pop right up on your playlist if uh, you subscribe as soon as we get the download up there and... Uh, we get the podcast wrapped up. You'll be able to listen to it as soon as we are. I'm an Apple guy. Please give us uh, five apples, five stars for our three and a half star performance today. Um, and uh, yeah, subscribe, tell your friends and, and, and you know, share uh, the podcast on your social media platforms. And your voice still needs some Woodford Reserve with honey. I uh, thought I'd get, oh, dang, I do have a, I, I, so I have a coughing story. <laughs> uh, we'll wind this down as I do need Woodford reserve with honey, but, yeah. uh, I did buy the cough drops. Okay. The, uh, Woodford reserve cough. Drops? No, I wish the <laughs> Ricola's that I sat on the middle of the kitchen counter and they were unwrapped. Oh no. I took three with me as I was going somewhere on Saturday. Uh, just put them in the pocket, you know, sucked on a couple of them. They worked, get home that night and, uh, the bag's gone. My lovely 13-year-old golden retriever managed to get up on the counter and got 
into the bag of cough drops. So I'm once again empty-handed and left now with nothing but Woodford Reserve. Oh, and There's Mark, your segue. And Mark Bacon, if you're listening, Woodford Reserve cough drops could be the next greatest thing that would be uh, down at the Brown Foreman uh, you know, Corporation. But Woodford Reserve, 200 flavor notes are in every single sip. Woodford Reserve, of course, is our great friends and couldn't do this podcast without them. And on that note, we'll be back next week to talk all things on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Until then, make sure you hit that deposit button early and often on your Twin Spires account. Good luck.